Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Saturday, December the 10th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready for a Saturday slate that is actually pretty minuscule and uh, compared to some Saturdays where we have 12 games, 13 games, 15 games. It's been a weird week where we had a huge Friday slate. We've actually got fewer games tonight with eight games on tap here uh, in the NHL on this Saturday, but still a pretty decent-sized slate. We will break it down. Actually, the fact that it's only eight games means we've got an opportunity to provide a little brief recap of Friday, which we don't normally do because usually yeah. Friday it's such a small slate, but we had a very big one last night. Uh, it starts with uh, an obvious disappointing performance from the Calgary Flames last night against Columbus. Three to one loss to the Jackets, and let's give the Jackets some credit. They're undermanned. They've been struggling. They're off an embarrassing loss to Buffalo, but pride took over. That was a hard effort. That was them you just competing their butts off last night, tightening it up defensively, making it difficult for Calgary to generate a whole lot. And Calgary made some mistakes. Columbus pounced on them. And that was the difference in the end. And Mackenzie Wegar in particular, of what he called a fucking pizza up the middle in his post-game press conference, he was very hard uh, on his uh, uh, commentary about uh, his performance in that game. And uh, yeah, it was a rough giveaway from him that led to the breakaway goal that the Jackets scored to give themselves some separation. But yeah, really lethargic, poor effort from uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's actually, I th- read a stat that it's the sixth time in 18 games this year that Jacob Markstrom has given up a goal on the first shot that he's faced. And wow. that's really something. Six <laughs> times, Alex, in 18 wow. games, he's given up a, a goal on the first shot that he's faced. And it happened again last night. Lion A very quickly. Now, it was a breakaway. There's not much he can do. But nevertheless, uh, just that's an alarming stat right there. And credit to the Jackets for a nice 3-1 uh, to one win there in that game. We saw another big upset. That was just one big upset on the night. How about the Islanders cooling off the Red Hot Devils 6-4? to four. Another team off a bad loss as a big dog uh, against St. Louis. And they bounced back and they beat New Jersey in that game 6-4. to four. Uh, It was a very uh, impressive bounce back from the Islanders, a six-goal explosion. Not a great night from the Devils or Vanacek in net defensively. We had another one of these situations, too, where, you know, it was a very clean hit by Alexander Romanov, by the way, uh, there in in that uh, game that he made. It was a clean check over the middle of the ice. Obviously, you don't like it because it's targeting one of your uh, best players, and McLeod comes in and fights him, but there was nothing wrong with that hit. It was the perfect, clean chest-to-chest contact, the hard hit, no question, but totally clean. It's what you want to see in this game, yeah. and uh, we're in this age now where it doesn't matter what level, Alex, the hit is, dirty or clean. If you target someone and we don't like it, we're gonna you're, you're going to have to uh, r- r- pay the price for it and maybe drop your gloves, and that's what happened last night. Yeah, to use the line from uh, The Godfather, they have to answer for Santini. You know, if you're going to yeah. hit somebody, <laughs> you're going to hit somebody who's a, a top player on the team, you, you got to answer the call. And uh, I have no problem with that. You know, like I said, yeah. it, it, yes, it's a clean hit, but, you know, there's some guys in this league you can and can't hit. Miles Wood apparently is a guy you can't hit for the New Jersey Devils, and, and, yeah. and his teammates stuck, stuck up for him. So uh, I, I love to see that. I love to see the clean hitting. I love to see the, the teammates stick up for him. That's Those are the elements of this game that we all, you know, really appreciate. So, 
Uh, you know, I know some people were kind of critical about it, but I, I, like I said, you know, everything was was above board in, in my eyes. Um, I'm just seeing a tweet here, and I'll retweet this on uh, Twitter. Our friend of the show, Ray Bryce, is turning into one hell of a hockey player. I got to bring this up just as I'm just seeing it now. Game-winning overtime goal for the Kalamazoo Wings last night uh, in the ECHL. So way to go, Raymond. Uh, Great job there. Uh, I will retweet that right now. That is uh, absolutely uh, outstanding there. Uh, It was a breakaway, too, against uh, Toledo. Let me just see. Little deke to the backhand and just shoveled it home. And he actually took a spill into the boards after he scored that goal. Just to put a little finishing touch on that. Holy mackerel. Great stuff. Uh, There we go. Uh, Ray Bryce uh, doing his thing down there in the uh, ECHL. Uh, overtime winner. Good good stuff there for the uh, Kalamazoo Wings, who actually are not bad in the standings right now, last I checked. They're, they're yeah, like, uh, and sitting in third place in the in the Central Division in the ECHL. So There you go, exactly. So congrats to uh, Ray. Great goal uh, there to help his team win. Friend of the show, of course, so I figured right. uh, we got to bring that up. Uh, all right, uh, in terms of what else we saw last night here on the uh, show, uh, or last night on the NHL card, uh, Washington 4-1 win against Seattle. Really turned for the worst with Jamie Oleksiak's play. I mean, just uh, not something you want to see. He gets a five and a game for it, and Washington really turns the tide in their favor from that point. They win 4-1 to over the uh, Seattle Kraken. A wild one with Pittsburgh and Buffalo. 4-3 yeah. overtime win for Pittsburgh. They come back from a 3-2 deficit in the third period. They tie it. Actually, Buffalo is up 2-1. Pittsburgh ties it. Uh, and then Pittsburgh goes up 3-2. Then Buffalo ties it 3-3. And then they win it in overtime. They capitalized on a five-minute power play. Jeff Skinner, mm-hmm. I'm you what, he just lost his mind. He just yeah. lost cool for a second. And sometimes that's all it takes. You just snap. You know, it's a, it's a game of emotion. It's a game of passion. It's heated. It's physical. Things get rough. Things are said. And all of a sudden, you know, you got this little thing going with him and Gensel. And, you know, I guess, Gensel, I guess, gave him a little whack against the back of the line. And Skinner just snapped. I mean, he's just – then he goes with a couple cross-checks and then wham, right to the face with the stick. He just can't do that. He lost his cool, just like Engvall did earlier this week against mm-hmm. L.A. for Toronto. And he's going to get a game. And I'm sure you're going to see a game suspension now for yeah. Skinner as well for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Just lost his cool. And that's all it takes. And, uh, you know, can't do that. Obviously, stick to the cross check to the face with the stick it was pretty vicious. So I would expect him to uh, get uh, a one game suspension from that. Uh, we'll see what they uh, decide upon. But P- Pittsburgh gets the win four three, and they're actually playing again. And the things got a little testy with those two teams last night. They're playing again tonight in Pittsburgh. Those same two teams head to head. So very interesting to see what we see tonight, stemming off of last night's uh, uh, turn of events. Yeah, definitely. I would not be shocked if we see maybe a, a fight early in that that uh, contest to just kind of, you know, set the tone, you know, say, hey, you know, this is what happened last night, but we're going to kind of move past it. And uh, so that's definitely something to look for. It could be could be a bit trippy and we might see the same kind of back and forth pace in that matchup. Yeah, no question. It's going to be uh, – we'll get to that, of course, on our uh, Saturday game analysis. But, yeah, Buffalo-Pittsburgh Part 2 tonight should – could prove to be very interesting after what we saw uh, last night. And the other results from last night, uh, Winnipeg 3-1 against Chicago. Man, it frustrated me because that was the best bet, and I got riddicked uh, in that game. He actually had a halfway decent performance, although I will say they really defended well, Winnipeg. They didn't give Chicago a ton of grade-A chances. They kept the shots low. You know, it was a, a game where actually Riddick could go in there, and, you know, you probably could have put even Farmer in the Dell or someone else in the net, and they probably would have only given up a goal to Chicago last night as well. I mean, they did a really nice defensive job, Winnipeg, 
uh, didn't give Chicago too much quality. Meanwhile, Arvid Soderblom had to space a lot of quality. And actually, I think his performance was really good because it could have been five or six goals from the Winnipeg Jets yeah. last night in that game. And sure enough, so it's a hard, tough, tough loss with the under or the over, I should say there, three one. But uh, goaltending certainly better than was expected. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, Soderblom, I think had a really good game. Honestly, like I said, he made a, a great glove save. There's a couple of point blank shots that he was able to stop, and you know, he's slowly but surely getting a little bit better. Uh, I, you know, I still, you know, don't think the ceiling's that high for him, but you know, he's, he's coming into his own and, and making the most out of this opportunity of, of getting, uh, you know, a, a handful of starts at a time. So, uh, it, it's something interesting to see. And like I said, David Riddick, I mean, wasn't so much that he had to make a whole lot of big time saves. Like you said, any, anybody could have really kind of, uh, turned in a quality performance the way the Hawks are moving the puck, not shooting at all. I mean, it just seems like as if they're just kind of skating and carrying the puck throughout the zone, but they don't really, you know, create their own passing lanes well. Just uh just and things you you know don't see characteristics from them. Yeah, they usually they make the extra pass, they'll pass the puck too much. Now it's like they they're just really timid when they do possess the puck. And uh that's the reason why I've only had one goal in the last three games came out. Yeah, no question. And uh look uh Soderblom's been he, the more we see of him, the more he's showing moments, these little flashes of, you know, really good goaltending at times, but it's not been consistent one period or one game to the next. And that's something we're going to monitor moving forward. But, you know, slowly but surely we're seeing a lot of good from him. So let's see if uh, we can, uh, cont- he can continue to improve with consistency in between the pipes. And look, he's going to have nights like that where he's going to have to make 10 bell saves because we know that is a uh, hodgepodge defense. Uh, in front of them from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, we saw the Rangers with a two to one shootout win against Colorado uh, under the total there, which we kind of thought that's the way the Avs are trying to play right now. Uh, Edmonton with a five to two win over Minnesota, snapping the seven game win streak for the wild over the Oilers head to head. And I kind of liked Edmonton there last night and uh, thinking, you know, this is a decent shot for them to finally snap the skid. They lost to Minnesota last week in Minnesota in a back to back. They're the rest advantage now, and they they played a great game. And the over took an empty net goal in the dying seconds from the Nuge, but another over for Minnesota. That's now eight straight Minnesota games uh, that have gone uh, over the total. So uh, a streak that we've definitely been riding, and we were able to do that uh, again. And that was Stark's best bet yesterday uh, on the uh, show as well, who did a great job with us uh, yesterday. Uh, We saw uh, Vegas with a 2-1 overtime win. See, that's exactly why I gravitated more to the first period puck line because they came out strong and then it's basically parked the bus and Vegas has had these games where they start strong and they just, they actually don't finish strong. They kind of don't play great in the last two periods. It happened again last night, but they get the two, one win uh, against uh, Philly. Uh, the Anaheim ducks, man, I, I, I give up. I fucking give up trying to figure this team out. Uh, great. One of their best games of the year against Carolina, four goals past Piotr Kochekov, a really good Hurricanes team. And I thought maybe it's something to build on, get a little positive momentum going, and you just fall flat, lay a stink bomb, an egg uh, clunk, or whatever you want to call it. Ugly performance, brutal, 6-1 to one against, thank goodness San Jose potted those two goals late for the over uh, yeah. in that game to at least get a split out of that game. But very disappointed, obviously, as someone that thought maybe Anaheim was turning a corner, took them last night, and they were bad once again. Uh, what else is new there? Just cannot get any sort of momentum going, the Ducks. Win one, lose one. That's been the way it's been. And we'll save the Arizona game for the end. What a win for the Coyotes. 4-3 over the Bruins. Although Vimelka was just heroic once again. What was it? 46-15 yeah. to 15 in terms of the uh, shots on goal. He was just magnificent. And this is now multiple games. He's stolen a game for the Arizona Coyotes. This guy's been more than capable 
and just getting better and better and better. And then Boston, tough way to lose. I mean, you think icing is going to be called. Nobody touches the puck, and the next thing you know, you're, whoa, it's not going to be icing. You make a panic move, and, and all of a sudden you get the puck taken from you. Arizona, then, bam, right out in front. Nobody, obviously, is around Lawson Krause because everybody's st- standing around thinking it's icing. <laughs> That's yeah. why. So Lawson Krause all alone. He buries it. 4-3 win for the Arizona Coyotes in the dying seconds. And congrats to Alex B. Smith. You know, there's bets you like, and then there's bets you love. You know, we always have those differences where we like bets and then we love bets. And you could tell yesterday, if you watch the show, Alex didn't just like the first period over with Boston, Arizona. He loved it. He was circling it for weeks. He was talking about, I really, really like this one. And it was a really, really, really good bet to make because blink and you missed that over cashing uh, in the first period. It was what the first, six, seven minutes, and you got the two goals needed uh, in that first period. So congrats, Alex, on a hell of a call with that first period over. Yeah, you know, and, and it was just nice to see, like I said, a great price, a great spot. Like I said, I've been had been talking about it and, and mentioned it, you know, multiple times before. And, it, you know, it's rare for, you know, hockey, We you know, in football and other sports, we might look ahead and, and circle something. But for in hockey, we don't really – we kind of, you know – here and now with with our, our bets but that was one that just stuck out to me because that's such a long road trip and then when you heard all the quotes and i haven't heard the quotes from uh, bruins players post game but i'm curious to see did the same thing are we going to hear about you know the quality of the ice and, and then the boards and uh just this atmosphere and it's just a whole different thing i mean you're playing you know used to playing in 15 20 000 seat arenas and you go into a place that's five thousand seats very small kind of intimate setting it changes the dynamic of the game and, you know, we've never really had this kind of a handicap, uh, you know, option, you know, at our, at our disposal, you know, th- th- so it's something to, to you know, look out for. And, and that trend now continues to roll with these first period overs. And like I said, Arizona, I mean, they're not making it easy because, uh, like I said, Karel Vermelka, you know, playing lights out. This is not the, the team that's going to give up five or six goals night in and night out like they did uh, even last year. And, you know, if I'm Chris Drury with the Rangers or Bill Guerin with the Wild, I'm I'm you know looking to make a call to uh, to Arizona and say, hey, you know, what do you, what do you guys want? Because those are the teams that need some goaltending help if they want to you know get out of the holes that they're in and try to get back in the playoff race. Karel Vermelka might be a guy that we see on the move uh, sooner than later. Yeah, it's uh, he's been really good at times, uh, more good than bad, honestly, from Vimelka the last uh, several weeks for sure. And he was he's was the single reason for you know or ninety eight percent of the reason at the very least that they won that game uh, last night. He was absolutely terrific. And yeah, there'll be people saying what the hell happened to Boston. Well, first of all, Arizona, you know, it was a I think they wanted to win that return home. They had been hadn't been home forever, and actually for the first time, it was not a bad. Uh, atmosphere there at Mullet. Right. I could actually hear it for the first time. The crowd was pretty into it there at, in that building, and it, sh- and it came across that way watching on television. So uh, they were excited. They got adv- advantage of it. But if you're Boston, no, this is not, well, what's wrong with the Bruins? They'll be fine. They dominated the game territorially, shots, chances, all that kind of thing. And it wouldn't surprise me if they bounce back next game. I, I, I don't think they've lost two in a row. Have they Have they lost two in a row this year? I don't think it's happened uh, very often. And they, should, they get the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night, and they lost to Vegas in the Bruce Cassidy return to Boston in a shootout earlier this week. So you probably don't have to watch the Sunday show to know what side I'll be looking at uh, in that uh, Bruins Golden Knights game on uh, Sunday's cup. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing I, I kind of warned everybody too, of course, we always talk about staying away from big favorites, but even people looking at the money line or, or, or regulation money line or the puck line, 
you know, now that's six of the last eight meetings between those two teams that have been decided by one goal. So you have to be careful. Even though you see these long streaks, you have to really read into those those streaks and see what kind of, of matchups we have. And and once again, Arizona hung tough, and this time they found a way to win, but they really shouldn't have won that game. You just said you, you outshoot somebody by a near four to one margin. Uh, 95% of the time you can win that contest. So uh, it, it's a big win for Arizona. And like I said, these are two teams that, you know, they don't string together. The Bruins don't string together losses, and Arizona doesn't string together many wins. So uh, looking to, to fade Arizona and back Boston next game, probably be the, the right move there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Boston, Vegas tomorrow night. All right, before we get to tomorrow night, though, we got to get to Saturday. Uh, not, uh, with eight games on the board on this Saturday, we will start with three afternoon games beginning with Ottawa and Nashville. We've got Nashville minus 140 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Big money on Ottawa because this opened as much as minus 160 uh, down to minus 140 in this game. I did kind of agree that minus 160 felt a little high on Nashville, but am I running to take Ottawa here? Not necessarily. I mean, the Senators, you know, tough start against Dallas where they fell behind 2 nothing. Those were some weak, weak-ass goals given up in that game, by the way, by Anton Forsberg uh, against the Dallas Stars. I mean, the top of, I think you could make a case that two, if not three of the Dallas four goals should have been stopped. Uh, so that wasn't good, but I thought they played a pretty decent game overall, the Senators, but they lose in overtime 4-3, their second straight loss uh, in a row. Uh, they still only won four road games this year, 4-8 and eight for the uh, Senators on the road. You've got Nashville back home after a 5-2 loss to the uh, Nashville to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, UC Soros, not one of his better games, but a lot of bad puck management from Nashville. They gave up, they were sloppy. John Hines said it after the game, some breakdowns. Uh, defensively kind of led to these uh, issues we had against Tampa Bay. We'll see if they can clean that up here because before that loss against Tampa, this Nashville team, you know, had won three in a row and two of those wins were against a solid Islanders team and a, obviously a devil's team that hasn't lost very much and they beat them uh, in overtime. Um, I'm not really uh, involved in this game much uh, sidewise or totals wise for that matter. Uh, you are getting a better number here with Nashville. Ryan McDonough, by the way, is going to be out for a long period of time. Uh, we don't know specifically the exact length, but we do think that uh, uh, he's going to be out for a decent amount of time. He obviously won't play today, so that's something that would concern you for Nashville moving forward. Uh, Cam Talbot confirmed in net for the Senators, which you would expect because it's not like Forsberg gave his head coach a vote of confidence to go back in the net after what he the way he played against Dallas, but... What are you going to get from Talbot? Talbot, you know, had a rough night against L.A. Uh, earlier this week at home. Uh, that's the big question here. Uh, I'm not involved in the game. I have the slightest of leans to Nashville. Maybe the team total worth a look, three and a half. But I think I'm probably going to stay out of the early start matinee affair here in Music City. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ottawa, Nashville. Yeah, maybe some some live looks uh, with that over. Wait for it to drop down to five and a half. But Nashville's a team that I don't think they really get to play a lot of these early day games. So that's something to keep in mind. Ottawa, they're used to kind of playing these, these early starts on Saturdays. Maybe a lean toward Ottawa in that spot. But like I said, it's not just a team I really want to back right now. So it's definitely a pass on the side. Might look at a live uh, in-game over. Yeah, and I happened to see a tweet from our another friend of the show, Bobby Ryan. He'll be on probably in the new year once again with us, um, and he's going to be at this game. Of course, he's living in Nashville uh, these days, and uh, he's actually starting a podcast, I think, involving the Senators. So uh, obviously, he's got he's got a focus on this team quite a bit. So the perfect game for him to attend uh, today: the Senators and the uh, Predators. And uh, like I say, Ottawa just haven't hasn't shown me enough right now uh, in order to. 
uh, trust them here uh, as a, a road underdog here in this spot against the uh, Nashville uh, Predators. But yeah, I think it's a tricky game uh, overall. This one I am involved with, uh, Detroit and Dallas. We've got Dallas minus 190, uh, home favorites here, six, six and a half the total, uh, depending on where you look. Dallas is a little bit overpriced right now. And that, that, that's the way I'm kind of looking at it right now for the uh, Stars at this point in time. They got the win against Ottawa, gift-wrapped a couple of really weak goals, soft goals given up in that game by uh, Anton Forsberg, as I just mentioned. Uh, and that's not something that uh, you want to see. They took advantage of it with a 4-3 overtime win. But, you know, the Stars haven't necessarily played their best hockey over the course of the last 10 games. They're a 500 team. Uh, over the last 10 games. And to be honest with you, they're down 3-2 in the third period to the Ottawa Senators, and horseshit goal goes in, horseshit, uh, from the blue line to tie the game. And otherwise, they might have lost that game uh, against the uh, Ottawa Senators the other night. So just things aren't at the level they were earlier in the year for the Stars. They're still scoring goals, but I think their defensive game is not where Peter DeBoer or anyone wants it to be. All of a sudden, you know, the last three games, they give up the six goals to Minnesota. They get shut out, give up four to Toronto and three to Ottawa. And Jake Ottinger continues, who's going to be a net, by the way, for the Stars. You know, it's I, I thought for sure by now Jake Ottinger would get the form going again for the uh, Dallas Stars. But it's it's been tough for him. You know, he's now given up 10 goals in the last three starts coming into today. So he's still trying to search for his A level. Uh, of goaltending for the uh, Dallas Stars. And right now, he does not have it at the moment. You've got the Detroit Red Wings, who were uh, who beat Tampa Bay uh, early in the week to start this road trip 4-2. Uh, obviously, had a tough time the other night against a, a Florida 5-1. They got Nedeljkovic, in my opinion. We know he's had a tough year, and uh, it was another rough night for Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, he did face a lot of shots, 41, but still gave up five in that game in a 5-1 loss to the uh, Florida Panthers. You got to assume, and I'm making assumptions because we don't have the goalies confirmed for Detroit yet, but you got to assume it's Billy Huso here this afternoon for the uh, Red Wings in this game against the Stars. And I'm going to go ahead with the assumption that it is because if it is indeed him, I think I think there's some value in this price on the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Dallas has had some of these afternoon games at home uh, in the past, and they haven't always done well. Uh, in these spots. I remember they played the Rangers. I don't know when it was, Alex, but that's the game that stands out. It was, I don't know if it was earlier this year or if it, it was, was last year. It was in October, October 29th. It's October. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was earlier this year. And Dallas in these early, like this is 1 p.m. Central uh, in Dallas. And the atmosphere wasn't great. You know, I don't think they played very well. They were sloppy with the puck. And to be honest, they've been a little bit more sloppy with the puck lately in their last few games. I think it's a winnable game for Detroit. Obviously, and I expect an effort to be strong from them after that 5-1 loss with the goalie that's been their best goalie by far this year in Billy Huso. And you look at series history as well. Dallas won in overtime in Detroit 5-4 last year. Detroit played them tough. Uh, and then in uh, Dallas, uh, the 5-2, uh, the Dallas won, but they needed a couple empty net goals to put that away. And then the previous time Detroit visited Dallas, it was 2-1 to one, uh, for Dallas in overtime. So you look uh, at uh, some of these recent meetings, it's been tricky uh, here for the uh, Detroit Red Wings against, or the Dallas Stars against the Detroit Red Wings. They've been getting a battle here from this Detroit Red Wings team, Dallas. So I think they're worth a shot here. And of course, we're coming off a night where three big underdogs cashed in. Uh, last night. I think you could do worse than take a shot with this one at plus 170 on the Red Wings. What do you think here, Alex? Yeah, if I had to play a side, I would look with uh, with Red Wings or pass, but from a total perspective, if you shop around, there's still a couple of sixes floating around. I see one at Circa. I see one at Bet Online. 
That's what I'm looking at here. Dallas has gone over the total at home, eight of the last 11, and for the last five meetings with the Red Wings. And you mentioned about the day games. The atmosphere is a little bit different. It's something I always like to look at, you know, with, with certain teams. Something to keep note of, three uh, afternoon games for Dallas, they've all been high-scoring affairs. It was a 5-1 game against Philly. Uh, of course, last Sunday they had that crazy 6-5 comeback. They end up losing, forcing overtime, and then losing in the shootout to, to Minnesota. So they've played some high-scoring games in, uh, in the daytime. So uh, I would look at the over six laying a dollar twenty. I think it's a dollar twenty-one or a dollar twenty-three over at Bet Online. Uh, I think you know get that half of a goal. Even with Ottinger, like I said, he's been kind of inconsistent lately. I still think he's a, a top-tier goalie once he gets it, you know, uh, you know, straightened out. But you know, these daytime games have been just kind of a, a bit more tempo and pace. And we know Detroit can play with that kind of energy as well. So I like the over here. Yeah, over the total for Alex, I would lean that way as well. And yeah, Chaser Cat, John, that would be Jonathan Berggren is actually, uh, and it's uh, be, uh, that that one is a tough. You would think when you look at it, it's Berggren. It's actually Berggren. That's how it's apparently with the accent. But yeah, twenty-two years old. He's a talented kid. I can't believe they've still got him on the bottom six forward group. I think that's got to change at some point. He scored in back-to-back games now for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. He's worth a look as a goal prop today as well. No doubt about that. And you can still get these really uh, outstanding prices for him to uh, score a goal because he's been making an impact for this Red Wings team. I think it's only a matter of time. He's going to be moved up the lineup. Can't keep this kid on the fourth line. Not when he's scored now back-to-back games. I think it's only a matter of time before Derek Lalone makes that move, puts Berggren up, at least in the third line, if not the top six. Yeah, you can get upwards of plus 475 at multiple books for him to score a goal here uh, in this one today so Berggren's worth a look in my opinion I agree with that uh, and uh, you look at it too for Dallas uh, they have had some really good play lately from a couple of their uh, forwards up front Robertson you know cooled off a little bit the last couple games uh, but they've gotten step up performances from Wyatt Johnston's been solid all year Sagan of course had the game winner the other night against uh, the Ottawa Senators uh, that top line still with Hintz Pavelski Robertson been pretty solid uh, Detroit I'm looking to see was someone moved up the lineup I still think Adam Ernie Andrew Kopp Sunquist. if you want to sprinkle on any of those three guys on the third line they've actually picked up some offensive production lately for Detroit as well so uh, some decent options there with the uh, player props in that game. Florida-Tampa Bay now. Battle of Florida, always entertaining. Yeah. Uh, this is the last of the uh, afternoon games uh, on this card, by the way. Tampa Bay minus 135, home favorites. Six and a half the total, uh, shaded to the under in this game. Lightning coming off a 5-2 win against uh, Nashville. Florida also coming off a 5-1 win against Detroit. So both of these teams uh, victorious. Uh, in their last game, both looking to build on that here. Uh, the uh, Florida Panthers, of course, uh, off that five-game road trip, uh, that, that solid performance against Detroit was pretty good. On the road, though, 6-9 and nine, uh, on the season. Tampa 9-5 and five, uh, at home. Uh, of course, you're, this is now a rivalry. This is a Florida team that I, I know they're always going to be fired up for Tampa Bay, but doesn't mean they're going to beat Tampa Bay just because they're fired up. And you look at now what we have seen recently with these teams and obviously we know the four game sweep uh, in the playoffs last year for Tampa Bay uh, over the Florida Panthers and then we look at the previous meeting earlier this year in Sunrise down in Florida and Tampa Bay gets the better of them again three to two uh, in overtime so it's been some recent dominance here uh, for the Lightning uh, in this game Uh, we'll see uh, if this continues I mean that first game did go to overtime does that mean the uh, draw alarm starts to sound here potentially for Alex B. Smith? Uh, stay tuned to uh, find out. But 
I would lean Tampa. Do I love the price? Minus 140? No. Uh, minus 135. It's probably going to be a good game, competitive game uh, between these uh, two teams. You know, when you look at a series uh, or head to head, I should say, it's also been under uh, dominated here lately with these two teams. Five straight, in fact, uh, have gone under the total. Um, I'm waiting to see who's in net because, yeah, the series history has actually played a little bit lower scoring than we've thought. Um, but if we're going to get goalie Bob in net, and it's appearing like we might because Spencer Knight's got an illness that caused him to miss the Thursday game. It's not because Paul Maurice wanted to give Knight a rest the other night. He was battling an illness. That's why he didn't start uh, against Detroit, and that's why they put uh, Sergei Bobrovsky in net in that game. Uh, but uh, Knight's still battling the illness. If he is, he may not be available today, which means you'll definitely see uh, Sergei Bobrovsky in net for the Florida Panthers. Obviously, you should see Vasilevsky. He was given uh, a night off, a rest against Nashville. Brian Elliott was in net, so you'll probably see Vasilevsky here. I, I would lean Tampa Bay, though, at minus uh, 135. They're playing good hockey. They've shaken off those early season, whatever they were, struggles, doldrums. They're, they're relatively healthy now as well. Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Nick Paul, and great call by Ryan the other day, who was one of our guests. I believe it was the Thursday show. He said Nick Paul to score a goal, and Nick Paul did score a goal that night uh, against Nashville. I think Nick Paul's a good goal prop once again. Just that utility player, Swiss Army knife, all situations, power play, penalty kill, five on five, good offensive instincts as well. Uh, good goal prop in this one for a Tampa. Uh, but right now I lean Tampa Bay. I'm just waiting to see who's in net confirmed for both sides. But I would expect if you had to ask me right now, Bobrovsky versus uh, Vasilevsky will be the matchup. What do you think here, Alex Panthers lightning? Yeah. You know, I talked about yesterday with Tampa Bay, how this team's rolling again. They're one eight of their last 11. And I think this is a good spot for them. And I'm not going to look at the draw here. I'm actually going to take the lightning in regulation You can get as high as plus a dollar 10 plus a dollar five at uh, bet online plus a dollar 10 at bet MGM. So I'm going to take that plus a uh, dollar 10. Nice being here in Illinois, getting some of these uh, different books that I have get, don't get to bet all the time. But, uh, yeah, this is just one of those spots, like I said, with Florida, if it is, you know, Bob and that, then, you know, we've seen how shaky he can be. And uh, the Lightning, you know, the undertrend, I take it with a little grain of salt because obviously you got those four playoff games that were in there. And, uh, you know, we saw how Tampa really clamped down defensively in, in that great series in the sweep. Uh, and like I said, you know, saw a back and forth battle. But it's hard to kind of play these. I usually don't look at totals with these two teams because this is such a rivalry. We know the bad blood between these two teams. We saw them fight in the preseason, for crying out loud. So, uh, you know, you always wonder about could there be some, you know, uh, fisticuffs? Could there be a lot of, you know, uh, things going on between the whistles, a lot of penalties, a lot of foreign foreplay, a lot of open ice time. Those are things you don't want to see when you have an under, even at six and a half. So uh, I'm just going to stick with the lightning in regulation plus a dollar ten. All right, lightning and regulation, which is uh, a good option because if you don't want to lay a buck thirty-five, dumb that price down and get it at uh, plus one ten uh, in uh, regulation uh, if you like the uh, lightning. All right, the rest of the games uh, tonight. I'm just checking actually quickly. Florida, anything in the prop board of interest here for uh, Florida? I mean, Carter Verhage's rolling right now. Uh, I think that's something you got to keep in the back of your mind. He's playing some really good hockey. Barkov's come back, centering Reinhardt and. Uh, uh, and again, I think he's undervalued too. this guy he scored against Detroit. He's now gotten a point in three of the last four games and a point in five of the last seven games for the uh, Panthers. It's our guy, uh, E2, Cool Mint, Lusterine, and uh, here for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, he's been uh, good lately. And he gets to play with Barkov. Barkov's selfless. 
he will pass every bit as much as shoot. So put the and playing with Barkov now, E2, uh, uh So I, th- I think that he's probably live maybe to score a goal and at least get a point. So if you can find some uh, E2 cool mint Lusterinen props, I, like I said, I've mentioned that guy a bunch. Uh, and I think he's probably worth a look for Hagee. Like I said, is really feeling it right now for Florida as well. So some player prop options there. Yep. The Panthers that might be worth a look. Quick question. You look at, you know, we talk about goals all the time with player props. We look at points. But do you ever look at, you know, like you said, a guy like uh, Barkov or even like a Patrick Kane nowadays for, you know, two or more assists? Is that something that, that you kind of – because that's something that I've, I've been thinking about lately. I mean, obviously, with Kane and, and the way that offense is going, that, that wouldn't be an option right now. But but is that something that, you know, because assists, you, you're not going to always get the kind of value for goals. You're always going to – especially with top players, you're probably going to be laying, what, about anywhere between a buck seventy to, you know, 200. But if you're looking at two or more to, to kind of knock that price down, is that something that, that you would consider as opposed to, you know, like I said, we're trying to find options for these top players to get some better value? You know, what's funny is I haven't done a lot with assist props. Honestly, it's just, it's weird. It's like, you're right. I'm just, for some reason, I've gravitated more and focused more on points and goals. But you're right. Assist props are there. You know, (laughs) pretty much every major sports book that offers NHL betting, you can find those as well. And you can get plus prices uh, with some of them. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, even Barkov to get an assist today is just even money, minus 110, you know, to get an assist. And we know he's very capable in that regard. Uh, and of course, he's going to be back on the uh, second line. And, and you look at it; he's got three assists. Or actually, if you look at it, he's got three assists in the three games since he's been back uh, from injury. So, you know, definitely something I probably should look at. I just haven't. I haven't looked at and scoured the market enough. The assist props market. I, I go on bet online right now. He's even, yeah, you know, even money. So yep. plus plus one hundred. I might take a shot with that. I might take a shot with him. And that's just one assist. So yep. Exactly. And uh, like I say, he's always a willing passer. He's got he's got a good release. He can obviously score goals, too. But he's definitely someone that we think of, too, as um, a guy that's going to give it out and dish it out as much as he's going to find the back of the net himself. And uh, so, yeah, I probably should look at assist props more because there's definitely some opportunities there. No question uh, about that. Uh, All right. uh, Next up here, we've got uh, the rest of the games, like I said, are tonight. Uh, we will begin with L.A. and Montreal. We've got the Kings minus 165 uh, road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Um, I, I think Kings first period puck line is a good look here. I do. I think that's probably a good way. I don't love regulation with this team right now. I've got to think, though, early in the game, nobody should feel good about what they did against Toronto the other night. That was pretty pathetic. And I know the Kings have not been great defensively. I know the Kings have had some issues lately, not not playing their best hockey, but that was a pillar to post, 60-minute domination, men versus boys night for the Leafs over that Kings team. That was domination. I mean, sometimes you see a score like the other night with the Kings and the Leafs, and it can be misleading in terms of, oh, oh Toronto uh, shut out uh, L.A. 5 nothing, but L.A. played a lot better than that. No, they did not. Not that night. That was that was Toronto just dominating them, dummying them from start to finish. They were all over L.A. They had L.A. in their own defensive zone the entire game. Uh, Jonathan Quick was did everything he could early to keep them in it, but eventually the floodgates opened uh, for the Leafs uh, in that game. That was a horrible performance, horseshit from the Kings. you got to think now they've got to have a good start because they obviously had a terrible start in that game. And that's something I'm starting to look at as a betting angle. Teams that are really not happy with their last game, and in particular their last start to the game, 
And in that first period, they were outshot 15 to seven. They were playing in their own zone the whole period. They were very fortunate they got out of that period scoreless because it actually could have been three nothing, four nothing Toronto. You know, after that first period uh, in that game. So I think LA has a strong start tonight. It's combination of that and a combination of here's Montreal returning home off that four game Western road trip. You know, they played Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, finished in Seattle, uh, and now they're back home for that first game. I could see them, especially early, being a little sluggish, returning home across from that, you know, three game, three time zones over, going from the Pacific time zone back to the east. Now, the good news is they haven't played since Tuesday. They wrapped up in Seattle with that 4-2 win uh, over the Kraken. But So they have had some downtime to try to reacclimate again uh, to the uh, – Eastern time zone and being back home, but I still think the legs could be a little dead legs and just, you know, stuck in mud theory, if you will, uh, in the opening period. Whereas I think LA knows that we were awful, especially at the start against Toronto. We've got to be better in terms of starting the game and being ready to go here uh, in this game. So I think situationally on both elements, the bet on for LA early, the bet against for Montreal early coming back off that, road trip and i'm going to go with it here uh, la king's first period puck line minus a half year uh, in this one which you can get a plus 155 with that price yeah. in some spots very good price i think you get the kings responding and to be honest with you guys look it's going to be uh phoenix copley tonight for the la kings i don't even mind that i thought he was very solid last start for the la kings he played well uh given the opportunity uh, against uh, Ottawa. Two goals on 33 shots faced. Played a good game. They won that game by a score of 5-2. to two. They did have a good first period that night. Basically, what LA, the way LA played against Ottawa in the first period Tuesday night, because they dominated Ottawa early in that game, it was the same thing that Toronto did to LA uh, in the Kings' next game in the first period. So, yeah, I think Kings' first period puck line. I don't trust the Kings for the full game, and I think Montreal will get better as the game goes on, and I've found that sometimes Montreal at home will start slow and then rebound and get better as the game goes on. So this is just strictly first period look for me with the Kings on the uh, puck line, plus 155. Alex, what do you think here? Kings have. Yeah, I'm looking at first period too, but I'm going to go with that over one and a half, laying a dollar forty, and it's pretty much the same reason. I think the Kings come out with a a little bit more pep in this step early. I think Montreal could be a, a tad flat coming off of the the four game uh, road trip, and like you said, with you know Copley and Net, yeah, he did have a good start, but can he string them together? I don't really know. I, I could easily see this being a two one Kings lead, which would catch your uh, your puck line and, and and go over that total. So. That's the, the the spot I'm looking at here. And I don't trust the Kings full game. I don't trust Montreal full game either. Like I said, I'm still trying to trying to shake that uh that bad four nothing home loss from a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, they just they're just a team that I just don't really have the best of feels with as far as a full sixty minute contest go. But uh, and Kings also six and two last eight to the first period over. So laying a dollar forty, it's a fairly cheap price. I'll go with uh, first period over. And we're starting to see some things from Jake Allen. I think the over is probably a bet for me here, over 6, minus 120. I'll probably add that as well um, with the Kings' first period puck line. Jake Allen, bad against San Jose, good against Calgary, very good against Calgary. I still remember that game. It was one of his best games of the year when they went into Calgary. They won 2-1. to one. Allen was spectacular in that game. And then he wasn't the same against Edmonton. He gave up five goals in that game. And then he did bounce back, beat Seattle, played well. It kind of feels like this is his time to play not so well uh, in that. He's been good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. That's the recent pattern of Jake Allen uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Canadians. So 
maybe this is a spot for him to not be so good because the recent pattern would tell you in terms of his play that he's been inconsistent one start uh, to the next. As far as the props go, Yoel Armia is moving up to the second line. And uh, look, he's had a really rough season, hasn't scored a goal yet, but clearly they see that his, he's starting to perkle, he's starting to at least get a few more chances, which is good. Uh, and they're going to give him the opportunity on the second line. So you get some value with Yoel Armia playing with Dvorak and, and and Dodonov here tonight for Montreal on the second line. Caulfield, Suzuki, and Josh Anderson, you know, have been the catalysts for them. You can go any one of those three for props. And as far as LA goes, I'd stick with Victor. Look, nobody scored against Toronto. Everybody got shut out, so you can only go by the Ottawa game. But Victor Arvidsson's starting to get going. He might be a little bit undervalued. He had two goals against Ottawa. Uh, you could go in that direction. Finally, the uh, prices are starting to get better again with Gabe Velarde. Uh, you know, Fiala's starting to light it up. Kaliev remains totally undervalued as long as he stays on that top line with Kopitar and Fiala. So Arthur Kaliev, I think, is probably a good prop once again for the Kings tonight as well. All right, we've got part two, Buffalo, Pittsburgh for the second straight night. Uh, we've got Pittsburgh minus 200 home favorites, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. I've taken another shot with the big dog here in Buffalo. Do I love it? No, it's a smaller bet because, but they are coming off a heartbreaker, you know, where they're back and forth with Pittsburgh last night. They lose in overtime. Uh, now looking to bounce back here uh, in the back-to-back in the uh, short turnaround spot against the uh, Penguins. So a small shot with Buffalo uh, at the plus price because I think you'll see a good effort here from them tonight uh, looking to bounce back. But you know what the bet I really like is, you know what we're doing here. Uh, it's been an overpalooza with the Buffalo Sabres, and it didn't look good at one point in that game last night for the for the overpalooza to continue with the Sabres, as that game was scoreless about halfway through the game. And then all of a sudden, the goal started to fly like crazy at the end of the second period, and it ended up, what, being 2-2 or 2-1 after the uh, second period, and then a bunch of goals again in the third period. So all the goals were in the back half of the hockey game, and it still ended up going over the total. And it cashed the overs that were at four and a half and five and a half. If you bet them live, which Alex recommended on yesterday's show with the Sabres Penguins game. So I have a feeling he might be taking a similar tact and similar approach tonight when it comes to this game. And I'm going to take a similar approach where I bet the pregame over six and a half last night. And it got there in that 4-3 Pittsburgh win. And I'm coming right back to the well tonight. Uh, over six and a half once again, Buffalo and Pittsburgh in the rematch. Alex, uh, Sabres and Penguin. Yeah, here's a, this is a good exercise in betting discipline because we got a, a, a rapid, you know, revenge back-to-back spot, right? And like I said, we saw the game, you know, looked like it was trending under for quite some time. And then all of a sudden the offense exploded. I'm going to go with the live over. I'm going to go wait for five and a half, but don't get into the rhythm of saying, okay, well, this game, you know, had no goals in the first period. We could wait for four and a half or we could wait for a plus price. I'm going to stay the same course. I'm going to look for a dollar 20. That's what I grabbed last night at five and a half uh, and, and lock that in. I'm not going to get greedy and wait for it to drop to four and a half. I don't think we're going to see it drop to four and a half, even though I think we have a better, at least, for Buffalo side, a better goaltending matchup, uh, Uko Pekalukin in, in that more than likely, more than likely Casey DeSmith for Pittsburgh, which is why I wouldn't you know talk anyone out of looking at Buffalo plus 170. But like I said, this has just been a, uh, two teams that have done really well with these live overs. Like I said, the kind of the feeling out process is taking place in the first five, 10 minutes of the game. And then we see the offense explode. And, uh, you know, Buffalo, like I said, you know, held to just three goals. I think we see a better outing from them. So I like the over, but I'm looking live, waiting for five and a half. Anything in dollar twenty or better, that's what I'm shooting for. 
there we go. So uh, looking for that five and a half and looking at the dollar uh, twenty or better price point uh, as well for this one with the uh, Sabres and the uh, Penguins. Uh, another night where, you know, in terms of player props, this is a good game to sprinkle on. Uh, I don't know when this um, hearing is going to be. The, the hearing is going to be this afternoon. So if they rule it's going to be a suspension, I would expect Skinner to miss. So there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup here in the uh, top line. Skinner's spot will be taken by somebody. I bring that up because whoever that somebody is, there's value in that guy, player prop-wise. Points to score a goal, whatever, because he's going to get the opportunity with the, the unstoppable at this point, Tage Thompson uh, and Alex Tuck on that top line. Whoever takes Skinner's spot, we're going to assume he's suspended because the same play Skinner had with that cross-check to the face of Gensel Engvall, you know, had something similar to, you know, stick to the back of the head of um, Sean Dursey uh, in the Kings-Leafs game earlier this week. He got a game. You got to think Skinner's getting a game. That's yeah. just my – I'd be shocked if he gets nothing. He'll get at least – and the fact he's having a hearing probably means he's getting something. Yeah. It's probably going to be a game. Just just looking at Cap Friendly, the depth chart, I would probably think if he's out that we'd probably see uh, J.J. Paterka move up to that first line. Maybe we'll see Rasmus Asplund. He's uh, the scratched – uh, winger that's yeah. healthy uh, so he maybe he would get get put into that second line so that may be the guy you want to target yeah I mean that's a tough call for uh, Don Granado isn't it because yeah. if you move JJ Paterka up to the top line you're all of a sudden you know shaking up a line that's been phenomenal on that sure. second unit with JJ and Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn who are all playing great right now uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres do you want to disrupt that chemistry maybe you don't so maybe what you do is you you just you get the extra forward Rasmus Asplund you give him a shot on the top Plug line, the and, top and line and if that's the case that's a huge bargain bin opportunity yeah. <laughs> uh, available from the uh, prop market uh, in this game with the uh, Buffalo Sabres so uh, definitely uh, as a Pens fan I said Pens win game one Sabres win game two says Melissa and Melissa, see, I'm a man that keeps my word and promises. I said I would talk about the Skinner incident. And she said, I hope Ian talks about it. I noticed uh, Melissa said that on Twitter. Of course I am. Usually these incidents, I'll bring them up. I know. And I don't like it too. And and people people want picks. I know it's a betting show. I get that. People want picks. People want betting analysis on every game. But we're going to talk about big trades. We're going to sure. talk about big signings. We're going to have talk about incidents that happen on the ice. We try to be a hockey show too. Uh, a little bit, you know, not just all about the betting side. Ninety-eight percent of it's about the betting, yes, but we want to talk about the big storylines, yeah. you know, the big incidents that happen on the ice during the course of a game, uh, and all kinds of other things. So uh, we're going to talk about them, uh, and uh, definitely, Melissa, I was going to bring up that Skinner incident. He just lost his shit for a moment. He had a momentarily, that momentary bad dis lapse in judgment to do that uh, to uh, Jake Gensel. Uh, no question about that. Uh, so that's the way it is in terms of uh, that incident with uh, Skinner. And I think it's going to get him a game. So, uh, again, I'm going to be scrutinizing this Sabres starting lineup like a hawk tonight because I think there's going to be great prop opportunities, whoever takes Skinner's spot. And even then, like Cousins, Quinn, Paterka, I've mentioned these guys over and over again. They're all value-laden prop players at the moment for the Sabres. And as far as Pittsburgh goes, you know, right now, you know, I would say Zucker's undervalued. You've, you've seen Kapanen cool off a little bit, so maybe pump the brakes on him. Ricard Raquel playing with Crosby and Gensel. Crosby and Gensel obviously are playing well right now, but don't sleep on uh, uh, Ricard Raquel, the third member of that top line. He got a goal and an assist last night against Buffalo. Probably a little more value with him in terms of the uh, prop market compared to the line mates there. 
All right, we've got Calgary and Toronto, all Canadian matchup next up. Toronto minus 165 to minus 170. Home favorites, six the total in this one. Um, this should be interesting because there's lots going on here. We, Toronto's the team in better form right now. There's no question uh, about that. This Leafs team, it's been remarkable. And by the way, don't look now, but this great run that they've had with three starting defensemen out, and now they get TJ Brody back the other night against LA. So they're slowly but surely, they're starting to get healthier uh, on the blue line right now, this uh, Leafs team, which has been uh, very impressive to see uh, the last uh, few games. Um, and um, look, they've just been playing outstanding. And um, I heard our old friend from uh, Dave Koken, it just happened to be one of a show he was on yesterday. And it just happened to be listening to it. And he thinks the first, I, I think we're getting carried away a little bit, just all of a sudden this great run for the Leafs, all of a sudden they're going to win a playoff series, but man, they have the look again of a team. And we've said this regular seasons before. I know we have. They have the look of a team that's playing the way that would lead you to believe they can win multiple playoff rounds coming up in the spring right now. They are. I mean, their their defensive play has been exemplary, even with three starting defensemen out. I've never seen Mitch Marner play better than he is right now. They haven't even gotten Austin Matthews going at full throttle, full steam yet. You know, he's had a pedestrian season by his standards so far. What if he gets his goal scoring going? So there is a lot to be optimistic, enthusiastic about for Toronto. Um, but boy, we've seen some horrible playoff history, horrible for this team. But man, they're, they're teasing us again that, man, this looks like, could it be the year Toronto finally does a, has the makeup of a team that can win playoff series? Because this team playing the way they are right now, right now, never mind what they play like in a month from now or a few weeks from now or January or February. This is a team that right now looks like a team that can win multiple playoff rounds playing the way they are. But again, we've seen this movie before, right? With the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I am totally impressed with them right now with what they've done. They have gotten a point, I believe, in like 14 or 15 games in a row, something like that. At least one point where they haven't suffered a regulation loss. So, you know, it's been a remarkable, yeah, 10-0-3, 13 consecutive games with a point. So 13 games in a row without a regulation loss for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's been a great run. I'm not stepping in front of this team. I don't trust Calgary. Calgary just thoroughly disgusted me last night with that effort against Columbus. Now they're on a back-to-back -back on the road facing a much better hockey team, a red-hot hockey team. And Dan Vladar should be in net tonight. Markstrom was in net last night. They expect Dan Vladar tonight for the Flames. Matt Murray in net for the Leafs. And the last time we saw Matt Murray, I think it was one of the best games I've seen him play in years. I think maybe one of the best games he's played since he was a Pittsburgh Penguin winning the Stanley Cup years ago. He was that good against Dallas. That good he was. He was phenomenal. He was making just 10 bell saves, post-to-post -post movement, just robbery saves, a couple of them against the Stars. And his sequence on that five-on-three power play the Stars had in that game was as good as it gets. He's in a zone. He's healthy, finally. Uh, and he's playing great hockey right now, as is the team in front of them at the moment. So it's it's probably Toronto in regulation if I had to bet it. But uh, you've got to expect Calgary's going to be a little bit better. But I don't trust them to be good squads right now. Uh, so in this case here, um, it'll be interesting to see how they – yeah, Flames are not playing a back-to-back, -back, John Massey says, because they didn't play last night. <laughs> yeah, they played in theory, they did. But, yeah, in terms of actual hockey, in terms of you know competent play, yeah, it didn't look like they did last night. I agree. Uh, against uh, Columbus. So I ain't stepping in front of Toronto. It's probably going to be a pass game, more of a game. I look at some props and I've got to throw Marner in and I've got to, I've done this a couple of times. It's paid off. 
Marner to get a goal and Marner over one and a half points in a SGP in a parlay. Because I find, you know, there's been a lot of games during this insane point consecutive game point streak, which has now reached 21 games for Mitch Marner, 10 goals and 18 assists, by the way, during this 21 game consecutive game point streak for him. There's been multiple games where he's gotten two plus points and he's found the back of the net. And you can get that at a plus price, an SGP parlay with that. Marner over one and a half points and to score a goal. Probably worth a look. And as much as I like Darth Vladar, as they're calling him in Calgary, you know, he's not a guy that's still going to shut the door, you know, night in, night out. He's he'll play well, but he'll still give up a few, if you know what I mean. So I might look at a Mitch Marner uh, prop of some kind here in this one. What do you think, Alex? Calgary, Toronto. Yeah, you know, I mean, Toronto, like I said, it's been a real nice run, but, you know, it's December 10th. We got to wait and see what's going to happen. We know what this team does uh, oftentimes in, in April. But, uh, you know, for right now, I mean, and, and this is a, a prime spot you talk about it all the time. When you got a, a big favorite like this, you don't really want to lay that price. But they're playing well and, and getting some solid offense. Go with the team total. That's what I like. Toronto, team total over three and a half at even money. I think that's a, a, a decent wager. Also, a slight lean to the over. But like I said, Calgary. I don't really want to rely on Calgary in, in any spot. I, I'd rather take my, my chance and, and see the Leafs get four here. Now, of course, this is one of those Saturday night hockey night in Canada games where the Leafs can lay an egg and lose three to one. Uh, I, I totally understand that. But I think this is worth at least a half a unit shot on uh, the Leafs over three and a half at, at even money. Vladar, like I said, he's been a bit shaky at times. Calgary didn't show up last night. Who's to say that they turn around and just play a great game tonight? It's not always the case on these back-to-back. So I'll go Leafs team total over. Uh, uh, that's probably a good way to go. Uh, to Toronto team total over three and a half. I have no issue with that uh, chance to get to uh, four goals here against the uh, Flames, uh, who, by the way, I mean, everybody collectively was bad last night. I mean, Huberto, Toffoli, Kadri, nobody really made any kind of difference for this team. We'll see if they can uh, step things up tonight, but uh, definitely not the effort you want to see. And I want to see, and I got, I, I totally got this wrong. I got fed bad information. I was rushing. This is a funny story. I was rushing and hurrying my ass to Twitter last night, right before the Calgary Columbus game to throw up this Matthew Wright prop for the Calgary flames or not Matthew, Wright, Matthew Phillips for the uh, Calgary flames at plus five ninety, And I bet the damn thing, the guy didn't even end up playing. You know, they, I had been told or been led to believe he was going to play. One of the things I read said he's in the lineup. And then I bet the thing, the game starts and he's nowhere to be found. Can't find him with a telescope on the ice. And the reason for that is because he didn't even get into the lineup. Didn't even play last night. So it was a bad intel I got on that. So I apologize. Was that, that. was that voided or? Lost? Yeah, it was voided. Oh, okay. the, the, the book I bet. Yeah, it was voided okay. because he didn't yeah. play. Hopefully you have that to be careful. Good. You have to be careful with that because I yeah. did get lucky once and bet an under on a guy's point uh, total that eventually didn't play in the lineup and they cashed it. So. It's one of those things, be, you know, be careful. Like I said, always check your information, of course. Things can change at any moment, but definitely check with your books to see. Usually that should be voided. I think I think that's pretty much across the board, but you want to be careful with those. Yeah, it should be returned. The, the, the rules are with the, the sports books that, are, you know, I'll do business with as far as the props go. Yeah. Uh, they will void the bet if the player does not play. You know, and that's the way it should be, obviously, and that's what happened. But um, look, they're clamoring for Matthew Phillips to get in. He's been killing it in the AHL, uh, and he was called up earlier this week. What did he have in the AHL? 15 goals and 30 points in just 20 games uh, in the American Hockey League this year. 
Uh, and for a Flames team, look, look, offensively, they've been underwhelming at times. Look at last night against, you can only score one goal against Columbus with four defensemen out and corporate fucking solo in net. I mean, my goodness. I mean, no wonder they're trying to get this guy into the lineup here. Uh, Matthew, give them a jolt. Give them a spark a little bit uh, for a team that, you know, at times the offense has dried up. The offense has disappeared. Uh, I don't blame them one bit for getting after uh, uh, Daryl Sutter a little bit. Get this guy in there. You called him up. What's he going to do? Just sit on his ass on the ride the pine? You know, if, if he's not going to play, put him back in the AHL where he's, you know, lighting it up, tearing it up right now. And he can keep playing well down there, building up his resume and getting ice time, which he needs as a young player trying to develop. What are we doing here? We're going to bring him up, the hottest goal scorer in the AHL, hottest point producer in the AHL, and we're going to have him sit there for two games when we struggle to score offensively one game to the next? Come on here. Come on, Daryl. You're better than that. I hope he's in there tonight. He better be because I think you need a spark, and maybe he can give it to you. And if he's in there, we're going right back to the plus 590 or whatever price you can get on him to score a goal tonight. But you know what? That's a that's an old-school coaching thing. They, they, they'll they bring a guy up to give him the the experience of being around, you know, and, and, and getting the practice time and the practice reps. No, throw him in the game. Like I said, he, he's he's lighting up in the A right now. But yeah, put him in the game. Put him in the third Put him in the third line. You know, maybe give him a shift or two in, a, you know, in, the, in the second power play unit. Let that offense uh, matriculate, especially because your team is struggling to find goals and find consistency. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the old school dinosaur coaches, you know, you're right. A lot of them just think, oh, he, we called him up, but he's got to learn. He's got to sit. He's got to observe. He's got to learn. You know, he's got to uh, earn his way in. He's got to earn his stripes, if you will, uh, before we put him in the uh, lineup. That's not the way it works anymore. You're seeing guys get called up and they're in the lineup immediately now. Uh, and, and, and guys aren't going to be awestruck. I mean, you look at look at teams like Calgary, Toronto, San Jose. The AHL teams are playing in the same building, so they're not going to be awestruck by by the atmosphere or anything like that. It, yeah, it's it's a it's a real kind of of uh you know just a old way of thinking, and, and you know we see that sometimes. Like I said, maybe he's just waiting for the right time to plug him in. I'm not sure, but like I said, that's something that we do see from the older coaches. Yeah, it, it's a like I've been I, I saw earlier this week. It was before the uh, Columbus game that Thursday is when he got called up. And that's when I, you know, that's when I had it circled. I'm like, this guy that's been called up here, he's just crushing it in the AHL. We got to keep an eye on when he's going to get in because we're going to have to look to bet this guy. And hopefully he gets put into a role where he can flourish and get the ice time, get the opportunity as well. Hopefully that's tonight. Uh, Matthew Phillips will make his uh, season debut for the Flames. He's earned it. They need some offensive punch. They need a little spark, a jolt. And uh, I hope Daryl Sutter puts him in there to try to give them that jolt all right uh next up we've got two games left carolina panthers i did it again carolina hurricanes <laughs> get our sports right See, we had the florida panthers earlier in the show yep. yeah <laughs> carolina hurricanes i haven't lost my mind i promised uh carolina hurricanes uh minus 135 against the uh, new york islanders uh the total in this one currently uh five and a half six across the board Spot-wise, I want to take Carolina off a bad game. I really do. And I kind of want to fade the Islanders off a big win like they had last night against the Devils. But this is a weird situation again here we've got uh, in this game where we've got Carolina, you know, off the uh, West Coast, you know, where they've been on the road for a bit. They were through uh, L.A. and Anaheim. And then before that, they were in St. Louis and Pittsburgh. So it's been a four-game uh, road trip for the Hurricanes. And now you make this weird trip and stop over, if you will, to uh, Long Island. And then you go to Detroit and you play them on, it looks like, on on Tuesday. And then finally you get back home after that. So, you know, these spots where a team's going, uh, been out west, they're in the Midwest initially, it, it, east to Midwest, then to west, and now you're back east again. 
here, it's it's not a great like the air miles and it takes a lot out of you when you're doing that much traveling. You go from east to midwest to west and then back to the east again here at Carolina. So that's not necessarily, you know, a, a great situation here uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, going into this game against the Islanders from a traveling standpoint, a scheduling standpoint. But at the same time, you got the Islanders coming off one of their best wins in a while, beating the red-hot New Jersey Devils 6-4, answering the call after a bad game, one of their worst games against St. Louis. They answer it with one of their best games against New Jersey. They're on a back-to-back, uh, although their back-to-back is very simple. New Jersey to uh, uh, Long Island's not really a big deal. Newark, New Jersey to Long Island. So that's the only thing really keeping me off uh, – Carolina here because I, I kind of want to back the Canes in this spot uh, when it's all said and done, but I don't know if I'm going to. And the price is what it is too, as well. Minus 135, minus 140, although it did open minus 165. So we've seen a good amount of money come in early here uh, on the uh, New York Islanders in this game. Just too much concern for me with the scheduling situation for Carolina. So I'm probably going to end up leaving the game alone just to lean to the Canes. And by the way, goaltending wise, we saw Sorokin uh, last night for the uh, New York Islanders against uh, New Jersey. Actually, we saw Varlamov, sorry, last night against uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, made that start. Uh, four goals allowed. I wouldn't say he played great, but they gave him the uh, goals, the production, the run support, if you will. So he was in last night. Uh, you would think go back to Sorokin here on the back-to-back, will the Islanders. And Kochetkov projected you'd expect him to be in. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. By the way, Carolina, two couple injuries of notes. Aho being the big one, obviously. Fost is day-to-day uh, due to injury, but Aho already ruled out for this game against the Islanders. Lower body injury. We know how important he is to this team. Scored in back-to-back games. He has 11 goals, 16 assists, 27 points uh, on the season for the Hurricanes. We know he usually plays on that uh, top line uh, with the likes of Jarvis and Natchez. And now it's Stastny, the veteran, moving up to that top-line spot for the uh, Hurricanes tonight. So maybe that's a Stastny prop uh, angle, uh, considering he's moving up the lineup. Maybe something you consider. But uh, I'm going to pump the brakes probably on Carolina, even though I lean that way. Uh, Alex, uh, Hurricanes Islanders. Yeah, that's Carolina Sebastian Ajo, not to be confused with the Islanders Sebastian yes. Ajo. <laughs> so, big, and a big gap in ability, too. Yes, right? definitely. Yeah, have, to, have to make that uh, make that clear. But, yeah, this is one I was looking at possibly going over with five and a half. Like I said, the goaltending matchups would kind of throw that in question. If it was going to be Ronta, I would be a little bit more leaning toward going over. But with Kachekov and Sorokin, that, uh, those two, you know, Quality goalies, obviously Sorokin. I mean, his numbers are lights out, especially goals uh, saved above average. He's you know top of the league in that category. Uh, Kachekov, like I said, his win loss numbers don't reflect it, but like I said, he's a very good goalie. I, I like his style. If you just really watch him and, and watch his mechanics, he's he's definitely got it. He's a guy who's going to stick around for a while. So uh, I said I want to wait for that, but a lean toward the over. We talked about it with five and a half. So that's just something you want to look at. Maybe this is a good one where if it does close five and a half. Wait for it to drop down the four and a half and grab something live. Yeah, definitely uh, might be a, a good uh, option there. And uh, I definitely look anytime now you see um, over five and a half uh, or five and a half totals. I'm leaning over these days uh, in the NHL. Although I did say la- la- yesterday, right with the Rangers abs, even though that total fell to five and a half, I said the way Colorado's playing right now, I'd be pumping the brakes on that game going over. And sure enough, it was a two to one uh, final score. Uh, in that game 
Uh, all right, final game now of this Saturday card. This is the only late game. Usually there's like two or three games at least that are in the late night hours, but just this one, and it's the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, taking on the uh, Vancouver Canucks. We've got pretty much even money here, both sides. Some books have minus 110 on Vancouver. Uh, others have them as a slight favorite here, minus 115 uh, at home. Uh, the total six and a half pretty much across the board uh, in this one. Um, I said yesterday, I thought Edmonton, even though they had been dominated by the Wild, I thought that was their best chance to finally beat Minnesota, and they did that. And we've got the same situation here. Vancouver's been dominated by Minnesota as well. Uh, Minnesota's won four straight head-to-head -head games against the Vancouver Canucks. That being said, three of them uh, were in Minnesota, uh, and only one of those four victories was in Vancouver. Vancouver's got a rest advantage, a sizable one. Yeah, you know, two days off following that game in San Jose on Wednesday night. And what a wild game that was, 6-5 to five, uh, for the uh, uh, Vancouver Canucks in overtime. What a crazy overtime it was. It looked like San Jose had multiple chances to win it. Spencer Martin made a ridiculous save. And then Vancouver came down right after that. Pedersen putting it away uh, in overtime, 6-5. It was a very exciting hockey game. I think Vancouver, certainly scheduling-wise, they're in the better spot here. Edmonton's on a back-to-back. -back. They were in Edmonton last night. They lost 5-2, uh, and now Minnesota here on the back-to-back uh, -back could be tricky. They've now lost two in a row as well, the uh, Minnesota Wild. I, I did end up jumping on Edmonton small, although the over was my primary bet last night against Minnesota. Same thing here. I'm probably going to jump in with a small play on the Canucks. Their, their momentum is starting to build. They've won three games uh, in a row uh, against uh, Arizona, Montreal, and Santa. Not the greatest opponents, but they came back from the from four nothing down to beat Montreal. They're showing a little resiliency, a little feistiness, a little spirit here. Not giving up, uh, even though it's been a frustrating start to the season. I think Vancouver's sitting in a good spot here. I like them, and obviously, you know what I'm doing already as far as the total is concerned. Eight straight overs for the Minnesota Wild. We're going right back to that well once again tonight, over six and a half, Wild and Canucks. It should be Spencer Martin once again in net for the Canucks, be obviously with Demko on IR for an indefinite period of time. And I would expect Philip Gustafson to finally get back in net tonight after Fleury uh, got the start last night against the uh, Oilers. So, And Gustafson, as you know, is not someone I'm trusting to be a brick wall uh, in between the pipes. His numbers are actually better than it, we expected, but last start was not so good. Four goals allowed for him against Anaheim the last time we saw him starting uh, in between the pipes, and I still don't trust him uh, one game to the next. So Vancouver should score some goals. So should Minnesota here. And by the way, I think each of the last two head-to-head -head meetings have gone uh, over the total, 6-3, 4-3, including the only meeting earlier this year, which Minnesota won in overtime, 4-3 in St. Paul. So Vancouver minus 115, a little smaller on that. A little bit larger for me on the over here, six and a half. Uh, Alex, uh, Wild and Canucks. Yeah, this is going to be a double up for me. I like the over in the first period. I got two at plus $1.20. And I also like that over six and a half. Don't play a lot of six and a half too often. Try to wait for the live. But I don't think we might have time for that. I think we'll, uh, six and a half is a, a decent number with these two goalies projected. Justin, like you said, he's certainly not a brick wall. I think Spencer Martin's going to start regressing a little bit as well. Uh, and, and like I said, these are two teams that are, you know, uh, you know, kings of the, of the overs right now. Wild eight straight in, in, for the full game. Vancouver now six and one, the last seven in the first period overs. And we keep seeing with their first period overs, uh, it's, it's not just a one one or a two nothing. We're seeing three one for the one game. That, uh, looking back, it was a, you know, they were down four nothing against the Habs. That was a play I had on, on Monday. So this is definitely, uh, I think, good value. If, I'm seeing one and a half so pretty much everywhere at $1.50. 
you have a book like MGM or DraftKings, you can adjust it and grab two. Otherwise, you can wait in-game. But I like the over for the first period and the full contest tonight. Even though he's on the fourth line, I'm going to bet him tonight. Uh, Dakota Joshua here for the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, three goals in the last two games. He, he The only thing he was missing against San Jose was an assist, or he would have had a Gordie Howe hat trick that night uh, because he had two goals against San Jose, and he fighted uh, Shemek. Uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks as well in that game. Uh, I know he's only on the fourth line, Dakota Joshua, but he's you know a little bump in the ice time after all of a sudden scoring those goals. Like He's been more of a nine-minute guy, 10 at the most. He got 11 minutes, 54 seconds the other night against uh, San Jose. Bruce Boudreaux seeing, hey, this guy's given me three goals the last two games. Maybe play him a little bit more. Uh, and so definitely undervalued in terms of the goal prop uh, market tonight. Dakota Joshua for the Vancouver uh, Canucks. Mikheyev um, obviously has gotten going lately. Kuzmenko's never a bad option for goal scorer props. Uh, Horvat's just been insane this year, although he's always usually plus 110, plus 120 these days to score a goal. So he's well-priced. Minnesota, on the other hand, um, you know, I've been waiting for some of their depth guys to get going. A lot of it's been top-heavy lately for them. Kaprizov, Zuccarello, uh, Boldy. I've been doing a lot of the offense. I've been waiting for those two guys down the lineup, Mason Shaw, Connor Dewar, to really start getting getting going here for the Minnesota Wild. Showing signs of it. Dewar scored early uh, a few games ago. Shaw the other night. So maybe those guys can become a little more confident offensively because of that. So uh, those are some value-laden down-the-board options maybe for props for the Minnesota Wild tonight in this game as well. And a good prop game overall because we do think we're going to see uh, a decent amount of goals here in the late night hours with the Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks. All right, great stuff. That is the Saturday card. We thank everybody for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the web. 230 just about live viewers wow, right now uh, on YouTube. That. Incredible turnout. And you know what? The subscriber numbers. Make sure, like, we want to continue to grow this thing. It's already been incredible growth, but we're always looking for more, obviously. We're past the 3K subscriber mark on the Ice Guys YouTube channel. We thank all of you for that, but spread the word. Anybody you know that's a sports fan, sports better, and specifically an NHL fan and NHL better, uh, let them know about the Ice Guys show. It's the only seven days a week NHL betting show that you will find that breaks down every single game all season long uh, from a betting perspective. So uh, make sure you uh, check it out uh, and spread the word and tell everyone you know about the Ice Guys. Yeah, definitely. Also follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Sports. Ian's at Bobano. Follow the Ice Guys account, the underscore Ice Guys. Also check out the Ice Guys store. Today is the last day you can get uh, anything from the store with standard shipping and have it in time for Christmas. So definitely check that out. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, last day to get those Christmas goodies and get those little stocking stuffers or presents under the tree, whatever you are, however you're going to disperse them on Christmas morning. Uh, now's that opportunity to take advantage of that the very last day at the uh, Ice Guys store. And also patreon.com slash Ice Guys, $10 a month, daily betting card for the show posted there, uh, power ratings, you, uh, goalie charts, total charts, and more. Uh, make sure you sign up, patreon.com slash Ice Guys, uh, just $10 a month for that uh, all right a uh, great saturday show let's wrap it up with best bets for the saturday edition of the ice guys in this saturday card featuring eight games uh, alex we'll start with you what do you like for best bet 
Yeah, the couple of things I was going back and forth with, but I'm actually going to go with the uh, the mid afternoon game. We'll go to the Tampa Bay Lightning in regulation plus a dollar ten. Like I said, this is a team we're getting great value with now. They've won eight of their last eleven. And it's starting to look like that team that's uh, you know won three straight Prince of Wales trophies and a couple of, of cups. They're starting to get back into their their good form, and this is a home game against a, a hated rival in the Florida Panthers. I think they show up and take care of business within sixty minutes. So give me the Bolts uh, plus a dollar ten in regulation for that best bet for Saturday. All right, there we go. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, re- in regulation, plus 110 uh, against Florida. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. And my best bet, it's going to be, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, eight straight have gone over for the Wild. Make it nine straight tonight. We'll go Minnesota, Vancouver, over six and a half, minus 115. Wild and Canucks over the total. Uh, that is going to be my best bet for this Saturday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back with you tomorrow on Sunday at noon Eastern for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 